Hello and welcome to Author Not Present, your virtual workshop. I think that's what we're going to call it now. I've, I've changed the introduction, we're calling it a virtual workshop now, because that's what it is, really, virtual workshop. As always, <laughs> that's two times now, as always we are joined by Hair and Care. Hair Care, can I, mean, I do that? Do you, you have, have to? <laughs> Louise, Hare, Louise Hare and Christina Care. Hello, welcome. Hi. Um, it's a rainy day in London today, we're in Birkbeck again. I think yeah. we're here permanently now. Yeah. We might have sorted it. We've got a home. We've got a got home. A home, oh, home in Birkbeck. <laughs> um, and today we're going to do uh, a piece called Margaret. Or is it Magret? Or Margaret? I'm going to say Margaret. In fact, yeah. actually in one place it's just written Spelt Margaret. Margaret. No, that's a different character. No, there is an error. There is an error. Oh. We'll get into this later. <laughs> <laughs> is there? I thought there was some character. Okay, so we're going to talk, uh, do a piece called Margaret. Of course, the author is always anonymous, as it always will be from now on. But before that, we've got two pieces of things we want to talk about. The first is we had our first piece of feedback from a listener. Thank you very much, Anne. And then we're going to talk about how to set up a good workshop, yes. a good writing workshop. Then we're going to get into the critique. And then finally, we're going to end the podcast talking about what we're reading at the moment and any promotion that Louise has to do. Yep, just Louise. Please <laughs> <laughs> buy my book. <laughs> uh, so let's begin with our first piece of feedback from Anne who, who uh, gave some feedback for Matt Hutchinson's piece, 20 Minutes, which was on the first podcast. You can go to mirroronline.org slash AMP podcast 20 minutes to listen to that episode. Um, and thank you so much, Anne, for sharing your yeah, work. Yeah, thank sharing, you. It's so it's exciting. Yeah. It's really, really exciting. And I would hope that more people do it in the future when we've got millions of listeners. <laughs> Any day now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be trawling through uh, all these things. Um, so, yeah. Anne's main critique of the piece of 20 minutes was that, well, there's two things really. She wanted Matt to consider more about the grief of the mm, story. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good point. I don't think we touched on that. I don't think we did, no. But it's... So, nice spot, Anne, because she's right. There's such a tight relationship, and then we don't really get to see much of the mm. narrator's grief. Mm. So, that's a good point. Yeah, and it's such an important part of the story as yeah. well, isn't it, that we're not getting to see. Um, how do you write grief, though? How do you do that? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> what a question. How do you write grief? You've, um, you've had lots of grief in your story, and you're in yeah, this lovely city. It's... Out now. Out now. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I mean, it depends on the piece. I think it's a lot easier to show it in a novel because you can show it in lots, you can properly show it in lots of different ways. Mm. Yeah. The problem with, obviously, this was quite a short story to the point that we weren't sure if it was meant to be flash fiction. So I think I would have maybe just include like a scene of physical reactions and things like that or or just seeing other people's reactions is quite a good way yeah so i think yeah putting the narrator into an actual scene yeah yeah might one of one of my tutors um i can't remember who it was but somebody along the way said if you're going to write grief describe the coffin don't describe the grief that that makes sense so right. in describing the coffin, you're actually describing... You, when you describe something that terrible and you show mm. the coffin and when you show mm. what it was like, then of course everything else that surrounds that just sort of is there already. Mm. And you don't need to um, actually say, he felt really sad. He was mm. having a really bad day. Because yeah. what you're doing is you're yeah. focusing on that one object that you know is terrifying and awful. Um, mm. So describe the coffin. That's what I always think about yeah. when I'm... Um, Which is why it's useful to put someone in the scene because you can describe other people's body language yeah. you know you, obviously Kenny had a widow so you know she, yeah. w what is she doing 
Is she just trying to quiet her son, or is she got a head bow? You know, mm. all those different things. Who's showed up at the funeral? Yeah, yeah. are the curtains of... are the curtains all closed? Is mm. there, yeah, is it dark I mean, even if you didn't show us the funeral itself, there were there was all this stuff suggesting about how the narrator had changed. He's literally doing something they would never normally do as a result of this death. Yeah. So some opportunities there to yeah. expand. I think that's really good, um, and I think the other point that she had was that she wanted this is Anne with her critique wanted the wanted Matt to play more with the idea of 20 minutes ah uh, yes mm. the title itself yeah mm. so um so she writes whilst you use it very well to reveal Kenny's character and family relationship I wasn't clear what it was revealing about the narrator at that moment mm, so what true. was special about this 20 minutes what was it what was it what was the purpose of it yeah um, and how was it then going to play into what the narrator did later in the story yeah. um, which I think is a really good critique and I think it's a really good catch because if you title your story 20 minutes 20 minutes yeah it's got to be something very very vital and we know that it's vital to kenny yeah that's set up really well but it's not clear how that then becomes vital to the narrator yeah because the, the and conversely the narrator says if i have 20 minutes more it doesn't make much difference yeah. basically so i think there's a little room to do a bit more on that Definitely. We should have a discussion one day on titles. Yeah, that would be good. Which is I'm terrible <laughs> at titles. So Are you really bad at titles? I am horrendous at titles. Yeah. They're so hard. They are excessively hard. hard. Because you feel like you have to say so much with a title. Yeah. But then yeah. I don't know, sometimes does it matter? No, I'm not sure. I remember Toby saying once that if your Toby Litnesses, if he said if the title is also on the front is also on the first line of your short story or book mm -hmm. or whatever, then you need to change the title. I they think that's a good rule. They can't that's be the probably same. a good rule, <laughs> Because yeah. otherwise it's just repetition then, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And of course, I bet there are examples where people have done that differently and it's worked mm. wonderfully, but for the most part... I think part... actually, um, in a previous Mia podcast, we had James Mitchell oh, yeah. talking about how he titled his um, oh, yes. Brick Lane Bookshop winning short story yes. and how he originally titled it according to just the idea, the sort of central mm. idea of mm. the piece which was a, a crying booth, a place yeah. where you go to cry. And he changed that, obviously, with time. And I thought that was actually quite a nice point that he made in that podcast, yeah. which is that if you just title it like, here's the central concept mm. or whatever, that can be a, a bit of a hit or a miss. Because yeah. in that case, yeah. it would have been really literal. And you're, there's sort of it's not offering much else that you're going to mm. dig for, maybe? So it's or like too it's much on of, the nose. Exactly, exactly. You yeah. really want to um, dig to what the hidden meaning is. Yeah, or something more. Particularly in a short story, I think, because, mm. you know... Why is your cookbook called This Lovely City? Out mm. now. Out, Out now. now. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's kind of from, I nicked it sort of from a song lyric. Oh, Not enough to get sued. But, um, Wait, do you want to admit that on the podcast? <laughs> I don't know. Well, to be fair, I've it's been... It's fine. I mean, don't know which I'm, one. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, don't, I think there's not enough in there to make it particular to that song anyway. Mm. So... Um, but I went through several other titles before we got to, to that, that one. one. Mm. And even then, my agent wanted to change it and then she couldn't put anything better and then my publisher <laughs> were going to change it and then they sort of realised that actually in the context of this obviously it's from the song it's linked to Windrush um, which has obviously got linked to the book but actually you know it's called This Lovely City and obviously everything goes wrong for my characters so it's yeah, kind of right. like it's not yeah. really a lovely city so it's yeah. kind of got that um, yeah mm. so I think it works and nobody could come with anything better so mm. I was like well I'm that's what it is it. then <laughs> would you would you tell us some of the other titles or are you going to keep those for future books no I think the the very first title I had was the 37 mm -hmm. which is the bush route 
Oh, okay. That okay. Um, one of my parents had troubles on. But at the time, it was just a placeholder mm. um, sort of thing. And there was going to be a lot a lot more characters along different parts of the bus route, which then got taken out. Mm. So that didn't apply. Um, and then the second t- title I had, because it came from a short story, which I was called Welcome Home. Mm. So then I, for a while, it sat under the title of Welcome Home. But again, that was just another... It was more like, I hate the 37, it doesn't work, so let's put something that kind of works, mm. and then let's, let's sort that out at the end. Let's sort it out at yeah. the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think titles are incredibly difficult, and they usually, you, you should wait till the end of the piece before you decide. Yeah, Maybe, I don't know, unless you've got something really juicy. I have a yeah. friend who starts with the title and then thinks of the story to go with the title. No, wow, that's, that's <laughs> bold. Yeah. Very bold. Yeah. I, there's no way I would write a word if I had no. to do that. <laughs> Maybe it's, I don't know. I find it, yeah, I find it difficult. I, I, I'm currently writing a, a, another novel, trying to distract myself from the other novel that I'm writing, and I called it Lark, and I was very excited by this title. Hmm. And then it turns out there's a man called Anthony McGowan, I think it's Anthony McGowan, who has just written a book that's been nominated for the Carnegie Medal called Lark. So I can't, it can't be called Lark mm. anymore. And I have no idea what to call the book now. So anyway, I'm sure I have it will to wait come. Yeah. I'm sure it will come. Or something Lark or... But the Carnegie's children's books anyway, isn't that's it? That's true. So it'd be yeah. a different, different... Different type of thing. Customer base. Or yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but I mean, there's loads of novels called the same thing. There are two books called Queenie out right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, they're very different, but they're both called Queenie. Interesting. Yeah. I guess that happens that people just are sending in books, publishers are publishing, and they, they're going to check everybody, what everyone's doing at that moment. Yeah. yeah. I think even if you're starting out, I definitely wouldn't use someone else's title because yeah. there's yeah. going to be confusion. Particularly um, if it's a relatively well known title. I think if it's if it's quite different to yours, as you were just yeah. saying, if it's quite a different like category of reader or but whatever, it then okay. it might be okay. But yeah. I would always try and. Um, Keep it distinct. Yeah. Actually, I remember because um, me, um, they always have the um, Booker Prize talks yes. every year. And I remember a few years ago they had Julian Barnes. Yeah, I was about to and say, it was yeah. about a sense of an ending and how he sort of used that title that had already been used. Yeah. And kind of thought, well, no, it's fine. And then it was from a book from like the nineteen twenties, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah. It? Early twenties. But then century. actually, it, it turned out there was confusion. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but interesting. I, yeah. I guess if you're doing a homage to it or there's some relation to it, it could, it could be quite interesting. Could be okay. Yeah. Um, but short story titles, I think, are. are so exciting or yeah. flash fiction titles because you can just basically do whatever you want mm, yeah um i think they can you can really play with it and i highly recommend going for an interesting title mm. just from from the submissions we get um at work but uh, sorry at mere online um yeah I, when a when an interesting title stands out you immediately go for it yeah and you, it, it, you're drawn towards the story so yes thank you anne for your uh feedback and we did pass it on to matt and he was very grateful for that um, and if you want to send uh, us feedback on any of the stories, so 20 minutes of Sprites and Spirits, which was the last episode, or this episode, Margaret, Margaret, you can send that to orthonotpresent at gmail.com. So uh, another conversation I wanted to have was 
This is our this is a virtual workshop that everyone can be a part of. But if you want to set up an actual physical workshop where you have to meet people, which is often awful. Well, you have to meet you people. You have to meet people. <laughs> why would you yeah. want to meet people? Leave your writing desk for just a moment and You're talk a to another writer. human. You want to be on your own, don't you? You don't want to talk to people. But yeah. if you want to go meet people, how do you go about setting up a workshop? What do you do? I've been quite lucky in the sense that most of the group that I... Um, most of my groups, there were two groups of the workshops that I, uh, I currently go to. One was from Birkbeck, from the mm-hmm. MA, and the other one was from the London Writers' Award, yeah. um, which you're both part yes. of. Um, <laughs> if you're not doing an MA, if you're not doing a BA, if you're not doing a creative writing course, what do yeah. you do? How do you set it up? It's definitely tricky, I think. Um, when I first moved to London about five years ago, I definitely wanted to join writing groups, but I absolutely had no qualifications, desire or money to do an MA. So um, I just started using things like Meetup, mm-hmm. um, which is all over everywhere. Uh, you know, wherever you are, there'll be a Meetup group with other writers. And it's definitely hit and miss because mm-hmm. you're going to get a lot of people who maybe are, I don't know, they have a different attitude to you about writing or a very different idea about how a workshop should work. A lot of them are not critique groups. They're just, you get together, you write in the same room and then you go to the pub um i do that yeah (laughs) it's nice though it's a good way to i think meet people and a lot of my closest friends came out of groups like that so yeah you know i think that's a way to start there's a lot of free stuff online there are facebook groups if you're a lady and you are in folkestone london manchester or edinburgh i believe you can do write like a girl which is a great way to just Mm. have an immediate group it's very low cost so there's a lot of different things I think out there. It's just a matter of you've got to be patient. You've got to show up. It's going to take some time to find people you gel with. When you actually set up a critique group, that's another thing. Like I don't know how you guys mm. feel about that or how it was when you did an MA together, but I know with the London Writers Award, I think the good thing about that program has been that the rules were clear, if mm. you know what I mean, straight away. We all got into a room. There was someone facilitating but even if you don't have someone facilitating the actual process, it's just about everyone agreeing, you know, what is the what are the ground rules yeah. here? How are we going to do this critique? How long are we going to give each other? How much writing? Even simple stuff like that, I think, really makes a difference. Because mm. um, I've also been to sort of ad hoc critique groups. And the risk there is that if you haven't established what the environment is going to be, mm. it can be really dodgy you can accidentally offend people or maybe people were not ready for what you were about to do or the nature of the critique or you can bring things that are just not appropriate I have definitely experienced that where somebody yeah. you know brought something and other people were offended by that material mm. but it's just because there was a miscommunication there about like what are we trying to achieve mm. what yeah. kinds of things that can you bring yeah um, so I think setting some ground rules what are, some, what are some good ground rules then? What would you recommend? What's what's our, for our super group, as we've arrogantly called it? <laughs> it is quite. It is quite. It's a, a pretty good, super group. It's a pretty super group. <laughs> we do have some fantastic writers in it, but what do we do? Yeah, so we set a time limit. Yes. So we like, time limit's super important. Yeah. Um, although we've started to ignore it a little bit, anyway, but no. that's because we've been doing this for, for quite a while, few years yeah. now. Mm. So set yourself a time limit per person of say thirty minutes. And don't do too many people at once because yeah. you can yeah. take turns. I think really having three people go in one session is enough mm. so that you don't just like burn out, get burnt out because what you want is that everyone's engaged in everyone else's stuff. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, it's about 30 minutes. 
And then what we usually do is we do a round. So go around the table, everyone can say one point. Mm-hmm. And the first time, it should be something positive. Yeah. Generally speaking, something they liked about the piece. And then the second go around is something constructive. Mm-hmm. So either something they weren't sure about or weren't sure quite worked with suggestions of how it could work. So it mm-hmm. has to be constructive. It can't just be, I didn't like this character. Yeah. It has to be mm-hmm. like, this is kind of why I was unsure about this character. And maybe if you could explain it better, I would get what you were trying to do. Mm-hmm. So it'd be yeah. something like that. And then it's a free for all. Yeah, and so, then it's a free for all. <laughs> any extra things. <laughs> and the whole time, like most of this time, the pers- the writer hasn't said a word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's really interesting and key, I think, is that it is good if you don't have a back and forth, yeah. I mm-hmm. feel. In, I've been through a few different types of critique now, and I think the ones in which authors actively answer back. It's it, it just doesn't a, it doesn't work. Mm. I just don't think it does, and it's not because you should just sit there and take whatever. Obviously, mm. you know it depends on the group, but I've also been to groups where um, it's assumed you're not going to say anything. But if people have a question, they can mm. ask you the question, or if they're genuinely not sure, you know, if you were intending this or that, that's mm. fine. But what you don't want is like I say, you know, oh, I didn't quite understand this character, yeah. and then they're like, well, you know, because then you just kind of get. But it's aggressive without yeah, and it's even meaning the discussion. To. And I think even if you've got a question, we try and save that to be answered. Yeah, once we've yeah. at least done a round. Mm-hmm. Um, because the thing is, if you're say I didn't get a character, and then someone's going, oh, but uh, you think it's just that one person that had the issue, when actually it was everybody. Mm-hmm. And if that is the case, then you need to fix it. Yeah. If you kind of go, oh, but this should be this, everyone goes, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And you're like, mm. but you kind of shut down the critique the, a bit. Yeah, like. it stops and it stops the writer taking that as a really serious. You know what was. And actually potentially a really serious issue with the piece yeah so i think you just need to be really quiet i'd like but... to know actually what you guys think of this but i personally really like getting actual notes on a on a page or whatever or like on mm. my writing i quite like to get that do you yeah. guys do that in your yeah. group Most you actually exchange yeah. you know whatever so yeah form. email or i still yeah, right, right. Paper. I can't do that because people can't read my handwriting. So <laughs> by email then. <laughs> but I think that that's a really interesting point because I've also been in groups where notes were not encouraged yeah. because the thought was if something's actually written on your work, it's kind of indelible at that point. And then you, you know, if it offends you, then it can't be unsaid mm. in a way. But I actually conversely think that people make much more considered points about my writing when mm. they've had some time to actually write on it yeah. if you know what yeah. I mean and I actually want that feedback I want to see you yeah. know did this sentence work or yeah. whatever or if there's a problem please literally very, point at yeah. it for me <laughs> I would very much agree with that and what I tend to find especially from our groups is that when I read through the written feedback there's a lot more than was discussed yes. of course yeah. so you be missing if you don't have the notes you, you are missing out and stuff and it's just because if someone's written a lot of notes, you don't have time to go through everything. No. Yeah, of course. Because yeah. you need to get everyone's point of view and get like a general overview. And then, you know, especially someone like Chris is in our group is really good at, you know, just like the structure. Or if mm. you've used sort of language that doesn't quite Yeah, he's very good at line work. edits. Yeah, mm. really good at line edits. And obviously you can't, it's hard to talk about things on that sort of yeah, that scale mm. um, in a group. So yeah, you d- I think definitely mm. no. Just, just on a point about line edits and general points I think it's good for the author to come with some questions that they want answered yeah I think it's really really important because if you don't do that then you you know that thing that's maybe broken and you're not sure why it's broken 
you are never going to get that answered. Maybe mm. people will ignore it entirely, or people will ignore that question because they're like, no, that's fine. We don't, we don't have a problem with that. We have a problem with this instead. Mm. Um, it's so good to know that. It's, it's good, good to know, know which is which. Because if you're feeling not confident with something mm. and then nobody mentions it in the critique, then... you might just continue to be not confident about it. Actually, <laughs> yeah. it's okay. So yeah. it's, it's okay also to get like confirmation that you're yeah, on the right track with exactly. something. And I would also specify whether you want more general points about structure, about how the characters develop, mm. or you want line edits, mm. because it saves everyone time. Because if you, if, people, if you really want line edits for your work, then that takes a lot more time for the readers as well. Um, so if you just want general points, then that's fine. And people don't have to correct all your you mm -hmm. know, commas and mistakes like that. But um, I would recommend asking for whatever you desire I always like seeing line edits in my work. I like yeah, to see too. like what I've done wrong in a sentence and how and how someone's attempted to fix it. I think I think that's really really interesting. And I've mm. learned so much from people's line edits. I totally um, agree. But at the moment, my biggest thing is trying to get rid of buts. <laughs> <laughs> no buts. No buts. Like I'm trying to delete all the buts. And again, Chris was another one who said like when I when I use. Um, uh, third person past tense I tend to instead of saying he ran I would say he was running right. and I use ing for I, I, ing for everything mm. um, which again I was using too much so the text became littered with ing's and butts and it was just mm. inging and butting that's what it was <laughs> the whole text and getting rid of those can bring like a, a clarity to the text yeah um, but then again we don't want to lose voice as well but no, but I think like, and the other thing I would add to that is your sort of weasel words. You're, yeah. you're just not going to know what they are. Oh, we had a fun one with you, didn't we? we? Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> I mean, Peter basically banned me from using the word grey. So. Grey, green and soft. Yes, grey, green and soft. I'm sorry, it was set in Scotland. So <laughs> I just, a lot of things were grey and green. <laughs> I know, I know, uh, I know. There's no more. Point. I literally now I'm writing the end of it and I'm just like, there will be no grays, greens or stuff. Yeah. So I have kept that I, in I my really mind. like those, when you get <laughs> critiques like that though, because it enables you to not rely on some of those sort of... Yeah, yeah totally. And you get to try and think about something else. Good. So what were we talking about? Yes. Setting up a setting critique up a writing group. <laughs> um, so yeah, you say if you're a lady, you can write like a yeah, girl. Yeah, write like a girl is great. And I yeah. think... And meet up. Yeah, meetup is good too. I mean, there's definitely Facebook groups and yeah. stuff as well where yeah. you could find other writers. Or like Twitter, um, if you follow Twitter, the totally hashtag I'm writing, you yeah. can find loads of stuff. There's the virtual writing group, which is on Twitter. Yeah. You can find people. NaNoWriMo writing. as well. Oh, yeah. Every November, that's, you know, mm. free. Anyone can go along. There's NaNoWriMo groups everywhere. Yeah. Um, and you'll find other writers. Another good hashtag I've noticed recently is writing community. That's yes. That's a really yeah. good one. Yes, it is. I've never noticed that one before, but yeah. it's... Um, that's There's a, a lot one. of people who... Using that, that rather than am writing, which has sort of become a bit cliche or something. I don't know. It's I don't know. a bit passe for some reason. <laughs> something. <laughs> the something less cool French hashtag. <laughs> yes. But writing community. Um, there's another good one. Uh, yeah, if you have any tips about how you got into a writing group, let us know. You can leave it as a comment below this tweet if you're if you found this episode through a tweet, or email us at authornotpresent at gmail.com. Great. Okay, I think it's time we begin the critique of Margaret. Yes. Is everyone Let's ready? Let's do it. Yes. yes. Great. Right, let's begin our critique of Margaret. So I'm bringing this one today because I really enjoyed this piece and 
uh, I'm going to start by giving a brief um, synopsis of the piece. So the, basically there's this woman called Margaret. She's down on her luck. Her house is about to re be repossessed. She's run out of money. And somehow she ends up meeting a tarot reader who tells her to just go and find money because money, she's going to have yeah, good luck. luck. Mm. She's got She's got good luck right now. Mm. And she heads to a bingo hall. And at this bingo hall, she uh, wins the prize for the, uh, the thing. But unfortunately, there's something wrong with her voice. No one can hear her. And so at the very end of the book, she's screaming, house, house, because she's won the bingo. But unfortunately, she no doesn't. One no one hears her and she doesn't get it. So I really enjoyed this piece because I think it brought something different and, and um, exciting that some of the other pieces that we received didn't. I think there's the voice is really, really interesting. And I think the character of Margaret's really interesting. I think there are problems with it, which is why we're going to workshop it. Um, but I, I really, really enjoyed it. Okay, let's go for some positive points. Let's start with uh, Louise. What, what did you like about the piece? So what I liked, I love a bit of bingo. Mm. So when you said a bingo hall, I do have some comments about the bingo hall later. Okay. But as a as a theme, I quite I liked the bingo um, sort of section. I liked that it's sort of talking about age mm. and um, that sort of idea of becoming visible as you get older, mm. which I'm assuming is where they were sort of headed towards. Yeah. There were lots of moments of intrigue, um, which I enjoyed, but most of them didn't get followed up on. And I was like, oh, so you get to the end, you're like, well, what was that bit about? What mm. was that bit about? And there were penguins, Benton, <laughs> yes. and I yeah, wanted to see penguins. <laughs> yes. You mentioned a penguin in a short story. I'm like, show me a penguin. Chekhov's penguin. Yeah. <laughs> She's a penguin promoter, but it sounds like the ideal job. And yeah. I'm like, I want to see you. I understand that she has to skip out on work to go to the bingo hall, but still... I wanted something about the penguins. Remember, mm. the penguins can like comfort her in her oh, moment of misery ending. at the yeah, end. That'd be a good ending. Uh, Christina, what, did, what I positive agree. points? I definitely thought there were a lot of things that were very intriguing. And I do like reading like an older character, mm. to be honest, because I don't read that terribly often. I think it's an interesting scenario. I like the idea of her just sort of going to this bingo hall. Yeah. I liked those things. Mm. But definitely, yeah, we've got some points to make, I think. Yeah. So uh, what I really enjoyed was the sort of adventure of the story. Yeah, right. I really enjoyed the fact that you've she, the, the author has taken some very ordinary scenes, but then somehow made them fantastical or, yeah. or quite crazy in a way. And I really, really enjoyed that. And I, I think I tried to do it in my own writing as well, try and make the ordinary extraordinary. And I think the author has done that here. Right, okay, it's time to get into the general points. Okay. Maybe we should have some like dramatic music here. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the general, no, no, it's not dramatic, it's all positive. There's yes. no, it's just critique. We're not being mean. Do you want to start, Louise? Yeah, so actually, do you know what? The, the, the thing that sort of put me off the piece in terms of reading it is we have these sections of sort of inner monologue. Yeah, right. the second voice. Um, which... I don't know whether that works or not. The, the, problem, the main problem with it is they all start with the two words, oh jolly. Mm -hmm. And so that is repeated just, a lot. Should we just give an example? So the first one, mm. she's in a therapist's uh, office, office yeah. and the, the therapist says to her, research shows bingo is a nice way for a woman your age to make friends combat loneliness. And then the inner voice of the woman says, oh jolly, how old does she think I am? I knew Oil of Olay was an Avon scam. So we get that. And then we get it again, and again, mm, and yeah. again, and oh again, jolly. and again, oh jolly, mm -hmm. oh jolly, oh jolly, my home raising the money eviction, no, mm -hmm. oh jolly, my, my home, home raising the money eviction, I 
think that's another issue with these lines. Yeah, because they're just sort of slightly confusing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what did you? What, what, what were you thinking about them? Um, I think an inner monologue is good, mm. whether it could be written in a different way. Um, definitely. Even if you just wrote full sentences and maybe italicized them to show mm. that it's yeah. in a different voice, would work. Because I think at the moment with these sort of weirdly hyphenated sentences. It's confusing, uh, and you're reading it, and at the point you're like, "What? Sh- like, my, what eviction? What? What is this?" Because we haven't found out mm. about that yet. Um, it, yeah, it, it was just a bit like jarring, and mm. I think it, it's because it happens like quite often, like on every page. It is a barrier to the reader, mm. so I think it, it yeah. definitely that's my very first. That's a must change. Mm. Well, I think it's Peter. You've kind of just shown it because you had to sort of think twice to yeah. read them out loud. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, right, is that if you're just mm. sort of reading this piece, you're not quite sure where the emphasis and what, what's actually kind of going on. So punctuation-wise, they, mm. they, if they were just full sentences italicised, which is the same, exact same note I heard, actually, yeah. I think that would be just easier to read them. Yeah. Um, for me, the thing was that I wasn't sure how much they were adding. Like, mm. I thought they were an interesting device, and I sort of wanted them to add mm. more than they did, because there is this theme of her not being heard, you know, and somehow her voice is just not working or whatever. So I kind of wanted those little inner bits to be more insightful somehow mm. or to give us more character details rather than yeah. just a reaction to whatever has immediately been said to her. Mm. Um, so I think it's more successful, for instance, that first one that you read where she's sort of reacting to the, to the age yes. comment, I, whereas there are other ones yeah. where it's just, for instance, on the second page... There's Page one. numbers in this one. Yes, there are. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> so, for instance, I think it's more interesting in that first example and less interesting when it's like, oh, jolly, this is really bad when the tarot reader gives the death card. So, you know, I don't know. That's mm. just literally an immediate reaction. Yeah. And so either you could have fewer of these and make them a little bit more substantial or, I don't know. Mm. What you do could you get think? rid of them. Actually, just give us some description because yeah, I also found too. this piece was really missing description. I was finding it hard to picture thing so you have this sort of scene at the start of uh, so going back to the start of page two and she finds this tarot reader behind the bus shelter mm-hmm. and it's in london because she goes to bingo hill and elephant castle so you know it's london it's a big city and i'm like how is how where is are this? they yeah and what i get the bus all the time and i'm like where would you fit a, a table and chairs behind a bus shelter in mm. you know fairly central london like it's only yeah. two or something um, yeah. people wouldn't be kicking out of the way or swearing or like so I was really struggling to picture how this guy had his little setup because mm. it's not really explained um, like he's got an empty chair opposite him and nobody's kicked it over mm. are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> that's or, true we're, we're applying like a London some, gaze to yeah, this now like, or like some fucking set in London I'm like you know I know what would happen or some school kids or some old lady not sat down in it already with her like little wheelie trolley or like yeah. anyone would have sat down in it like it just seems like it's it's you said it's a really busy road but then there's like nobody around mm. and it's like that's what? true there's kind of a bit of a disconnect i think so you'd prefer the the oh jolly moments to be replaced with some more description or something i think so because um yeah it would just it would just answer a lot of the questions so on page one the second oh jolly mm comes after she's told us that, um, so it says a line above that, Margaret held her heart-shaped locket. Inside was a picture of her dead husband, Neil. And then it goes, oh jolly, my home, raising the money eviction. Mm. I'm like, well, what's happened to Neil? Mm. I want to yeah. know about Neil. You just said she's holding this locket. 
about her husband you know that needs to be explored what mm. like I, I just skip straight to the money yeah. yeah. side I do get things. the impression that the author is trying to sort of show us the inner psychology psychology of this woman mm. it's very scattered she's very uh, mm. upset she's very nervous all the time mm. um and I think in that sense, I, I like the O'Jollies. The O'Jollies. <laughs> I hope that becomes a thing, the O'Jollies. The O'Jollies. Um, and in that sense, I quite like it. But um, I agree in the sense that while I did enjoy the first couple, I, wa- I was like, okay, but these aren't being utilised as much as they mm. could be. Yeah. I, I would rather go the opposite. I think that they should be used more. Yeah. And I think they should be used in a much more poetic way. Yeah. I, I think Oh Jolly can be changed to rhyme with whatever. You know, there should be, there should be poem. Just get rid of that. <laughs> you don't like no, that? No, I but that, that, started to lo- hate it. But, yeah. but aren't we losing something about the story then? I don't think so. Because, I, I mean, the point of the inner monologue... Oh Jolly. No, like, I mean, I, I agree about showing like state of mind mm. um that an inner monologue used in a better way would mm. would be really good but i think the problem with using a repeated phrase is any reader that gets annoyed by it on the first page is just going to hate the whole story yeah. i think yeah. it's one of those sort of marmite things yeah um it's, it's a big risk because if you don't do it impeccably it's going to turn a lot of people off i also think that it's um not cheating or shorthanding, but kind of shorthanding. Mm. Instead of giving us more character detail, mm. you're just giving us the same character detail again mm. and again. That she's yeah. kind of the person who uses these words or whatever. But mm. yeah, you, if you if you were to make more of them, you that's precious space that could be used for something else. Like yeah. you could give us more of her, yeah. how she talks to herself. Um, so the piece is yeah, um, just under three thousand. So think this about is, word count. Yeah. If, you know, because this, this is author is. Put this the word count on, 2984, yeah. which a lot of short story competitions, 3,000 yeah, words. So I'm like, yeah. okay, you're aware of that. How many O'Jollies have you got in here? Yeah. That's like, you've got a few sentences spare if you get rid of those. Yeah. And it's not making those smart choices, I think. If mm. you want to stick to a word limit and it is for a specific thing that you want to send it out to, then you, you really have to make sure every word is counted. Yeah. Otherwise... Mm it's just a waste yeah it's precious real estate there it is it is (laughs) so I think we're on two minds aren't we because I I want I want the author to do more with this Mm -hmm. I would prefer them to do more with it I think they should become more poetic and I think they should be there should be couplets and rhyming and all sorts of stuff (laughs) I think it'd be really cool and or to show like a real like madness with inside these thoughts I think that'd be really interesting Mm. I don't think she is mad not mad but like a deep sense of sadness something that inner turmoil mm. that the, the, the protagonist well, is this is what I mean I think there is there is a real sense of sadness and that does come through yeah um, I just I need more about I need to know exactly how old she is because I mean those yeah. notes just don't say 60 anything under so is, does that mean she is exactly 60 is she just under is she just over mm. she obviously still works she's not retired mm. I want to know more about her husband yeah because um, she does mention Neil a few times and actually because it's so skipped over on the first page on when it, it was only on the second read that i realized because mm. she just mentioned neil again and i was like who, who the hell's neil and okay. i'd forgotten that right. i read it because it skipped something completely different yeah. on the very next line yeah so this is something else we're going to move on slightly this is something else i want to ask you mm. did the story become clearer off in the second read for me when i first read the story i i didn't really get what was going on but mm-hmm. then when I read it again, I was like, oh, okay. So the author is signposting like the, the fact that she can't speak, the fact mm. that she's having this inner turmoil, the fact that these different things are happening. Mm. 
to lead up to the end when she loses her fortune. And but okay, the interesting thing about that is is that can should you write a story that you expect people to read twice? I I would say no to that. I actually was more confused particularly by the therapist mm. scene like mm. maybe I'm just not getting it but um there's this whole thing with her not being able to speak and not being understood and I found on second look at the whole it, a very strange choice to start with a therapist sort of scene where mm. she is literally having a conversation back and forth perfectly fine mm. um so it took me yeah. a while the first reading to get the voice disappearing thing because mm. I was like she seems she seems okay like you know um, and then on second read, I was like, even more like, why did we start there? Yeah. Um, the problem with the voice disappearing thing is everyone does hear her. Exactly. Um, but they all, but. So yeah. there's lots of these interactions and they all, but the thing is they all do hear her. Yeah. So I was thinking about, um, I don't know if anyone, it was one of the series of Fargo, the TV shows. Okay. And one of the characters has this thing the whole way through the series where sensors don't pick on her. Oh, yes, so she gets yes. the door, like an electronic no, door. No, 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 that's and not she, that's It um... is. It's um, the cop that's played by Carrie Coon. Oh, yes, that's And true. she gets so she gets to, like, automatic doors, and they just, she has to wait is. for somebody else to come because she can't go through. Right. She can't wash her hands in the bathroom because she puts her hand on the top and they don't. <laughs> they never And then work. at the end, the very, like, the, one of the last scenes, Spoilers it coming. starts to... Well, it <laughs> I, can't remember, I can't remember anything else that happens in the whole series, but I remember that, you know, one of the last scenes, she puts her hands on the top and it runs. And it's right. like, it's kind of her getting herself back together. And this is this whole symbol, symbol running through the entire series. Yeah. Um, but she, she can't do Like she can't go through the door. Like yeah. the door will not pick up, pick up on her. And this is the problem with Margaret is mm. that people do hear her. Yeah. She has to repeat herself a bit, but also but sometimes she's not understanding the other person as well. Right. And I'm like, so there's like the, the first, um, thing in the bingo hall. Yes. Which... I mean, I do also have a problem with this page because I'm like, this doesn't seem factual to me. Um, so she goes to buy the bingo books and he sa- he says, speak up. And she says, speak up. Why? I can't hear you. Yeah. Well, obviously so he, you can. You literally you can. Go, you know, to hear that question. <laughs> but it's yeah. not about, is it, isn't it not about the fact that, um, obviously the people can hear her, but mm. they're choosing not to hear her. Is that what it is? Well, I think that's that's too subtle. It even needs to be that they literally are ignoring her. Mm. Um, But then I don't know how she does these transactions. That's the the little catch in it. I don't know how that would be done. So either she's either getting... She needs to be like pushed out of the way physically by something or Mm. I don't know. There needs to be another way of showing it. Because the whole point is, to me, is about ageing and being ignored and becoming yeah. more invisible as you get older mm-hmm. that to me is the theme yes so i think there needs to be another way of showing that because this not being heard but actually unfortunately being heard as i you know i'm literally reading her being heard so um yeah it, and it happens too often not to be too yeah. like just often enough to be confusing sorry yeah because I find it really confusing even the tarot reader she has a perfectly good interaction mm. and then literally the next scene She's not being hurt. Yeah, and she so calls him sick to work. Sudden. Fine. So, yeah, the other, so fine. again, it's the it's it's yeah. not like it needs to be. Either, it needs to be more extreme, or it needs to be something else. Mm. So yeah. not not being able to hurt because also you know she needs to be able to buy the bingo books, you know that kind of thing. Um, my other issue with this scene is it seems to be it's quite antagonistic between her and the cashier. This is on yes, page five. Uh, this is on page five. Yes, page sorry. Five. Um, but there's a lot of things in there that I'm like that. 
you wouldn't have that at a bingo hall. <laughs> oh, really? I do actually go to the bingo every now and again. <laughs> um, because the whole issue is that he wanted to pay contactless. Mm. Yeah. He won't take cash, even though he, he just says, even though he says, cash. do you want to pay my cash? He <laughs> says, I, yes, I, he I, says, I, we don't take cash. I love that. <laughs> I did not like that. No. Cash, it, this is part cash, of the confusion. We don't take cash. Why is, I love that. I thought that no. was... No. Honestly, no. I found that just <laughs> slightly frustrating. Yeah, I find it quite frustrating. You can have an antagonistic... Um, you know, conversation with someone without them literally contradicting themselves yeah. immediately. I've worked in very, lots of customer-facing jobs. Someone yeah. can have an argument with you about things that are very yeah, all sorts. weird, yeah. but I not think I, things I like agree. that. Not things Likewise. that, you know... Yeah. I, I, I really... I quite like that scene. And I, I think it was because it reminded me of, weirdly, of Japanese cinema. <laughs> because a lot of times in Japanese cinema, it's to do with old people facing the new... And, mm. and dealing with the new and they can't deal yeah. with it and they're often ignored it's the wrong place though bingo halls are full of old people yeah that is true and I, I do go to bingo every now and again I'm oh, a bit older. that's a really good um, point and, but, it, but there's a lot of people a lot of retired people in there and yeah. there's no way any of them are going to pay contactless if that's, that's the only true. option so the fact that he has to dust off this old PDQ machine she's just going to put her pin in I was like no chance that bingo hall will be empty I'm shut sure, <laughs> down at the end of the week uh, so it's picking an argument but it's the wrong argument right essentially yeah. so she, it needs to be a better argument so for example a better option so margaret goes and she gets the old-fashioned books mm. with the dabbers mm. so she's, really she's not got a dabber um but it's called a dotter in here i don't know if that's legit either <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know you're a bingo aficionado we're discovering a lot today <laughs> um but yeah in fact my top tip the one in tt <laughs> okay. is it used to be an old cinema so it's actually beautiful inside right. if you ignore yeah. the Alright, you're carpet. taking us to bingo. That's yeah, we're going to have an so excursion. much fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, so these electronic boards now. Alright. So, but that could that would be a better argument for her to have is I don't know how to use electronic boards and he's just like, well, yeah. we're, trying to, we're trying to phase out paper, climate change, you know, mm. do something like that that is more modern mm. and actually something that do you have in bingo halls. Because the first time I went, I went with my friend who goes more regularly, this was a few years ago, and he was it's like, no, just get the electronic one. Don't get the papers. You've got to actually listen. Because the electronic one, you go and get your cheap bottle of wine, sit at your table, and it does it all for you. <laughs> all you've got to do is watch it and then shout out. Right. If you like get a line or get a house yeah, yeah. So, right. But everyone, that's what everyone does. Even like the old people have the electronic ones. Electronic about ones. three people you still use the dabbers. But they, you have to really concentrate. That's obviously, really interesting. It's but, uh, that would be an opportunity to show. God, I want to see. Know. I want to read a story all about that now. About how <laughs> someone just goes and just doesn't let. You know, it's all automatic for them. They don't even have to do anything. It's just. It's not about but, that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and I think. The, I mean, the whole automation. You know, she wants it to do it old school. He wants to do it a new way. I think is valid. It just needs to fit with what actually happens in a bingo hall. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And there is a really good way of showing that. It's just this contact listing I don't think is the yeah. way. And I think it, it would be, you know, it could even be that she can't disconnect it or there could be like a battle that she's having with this thing and it could be mm. a really good way to show the ageing thing, mm. the sort of feeling out of your comfort zone yeah. without yeah. having this sort of weird argument. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I would like to move on to a different point mm -hmm. that I had. And it was to relate it to what you said earlier, which is the theme of the piece. Mm. Yeah. So... I agree, the theme of the piece is about growing, getting older and being ignored. And I completely agree with that. And I think it, it runs throughout it very, very well. But for some reason, the author has decided at certain points to throw in like these random past 
like memories or random yeah, past events. Yeah, I've got events. that point too. Yeah. yeah? yeah. So the Absolutely. one about Neil, her husband mm. not being yeah. there anymore. And there's another one on page 10. Is it 10? Uh, when she oh, yes. was five years old trying yes. to wake her father. So it was yeah. more than humiliation, yeah. yes. His ego was bruised, but Margaret saw something else. She, she was five years old trying to wake her father. He'd fallen asleep with a cigarette in his hand and the house was burning. Though she screamed, nobody heard. She could only save baby Marnie. Um, the yeah. second bomb doctor yeah. did his piece. Yeah. I, was I was like, like Whoa. I'm literally a bit yeah. what? Question mark. Yeah, <laughs> so question mark. I was just like, this is so sudden. <laughs> what is happening? And yeah. then it's not referred to again. No. And I, get, I, I completely understand what the author's doing. They're like, the theme isn't strong enough. I must throw something in. You really don't need it. You don't, you don't need it. We've got enough here that, yeah. you know, and that's just like adding another layer of something that doesn't get fleshed out or finished yeah. so I would just lose those parts yeah. they do not need personally. to be in there they don't need to it be doesn't, in there we don't uh, weirdly we don't need to know her backstory rarely do you ever need to know a character's backstory maybe not the in a whole novel thing. I think like it's just it's just what Louise was saying originally with like this mention of Neil I mm. think Neil legitimately should be in yeah. there mm. and should be described and that should be mm. quite the near, near the, the front yeah. and that's probably all that you really need to know about what's just happened to her before she's come to this point yeah. because I feel like the grief and that and that sort of situation um, and potentially you know the fact that him being gone means she's like she has less power to fight against losing her house or whatever that's enough we don't need mm. to know like other things that she was doing before this point uh, so I actually think if you got rid of some of the old jollies if you got rid of a few of these memories you would have more space to describe and slow down yeah. with a lot yeah. of these details that are already given. I just had a thought. It might be interesting if Neil was the only person in her life that actually heard her, heard her mm. and gave her attention and was there for her. Mm. And now he's gone. There is nobody left that mm. gives yeah. her that attention. And that's making me cry. But I think that's mm. legit. That yeah. would be a very yeah. legit point and a good way to kind of use the character of Neil, right? Yeah. Because mm. otherwise we just have a series of slightly confusing interactions with people where you're yeah. not really sure yeah. what the rules are, you know, between her and the rest of the world. Mm. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. no big bombs in your story. Yeah. that just... Yeah. But I, 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 yeah. I could be something the author's doing. I know I've had that panic before of like, does this story mean anything? I better put this in to give it meaning. But actually... It doesn't. It makes the story collapse around itself because it's like, well, so you're waiting for deep. the next reference to yeah. this, you know, life changing moment yeah. in your childhood. It's, it's going to really like, impact no. things. But exactly. And it it's doesn't. a short story. We don't need that, that much. No. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's a bit more about Neil and yeah. that impact on her. Can life. I ask you guys what you thought of the ending? Yeah, I, I didn't like the ending. No. Why? Um, I didn't like it because uh, it just feels too. Uh, dramatic for the story so the final line is is that what you mean the final line yeah yeah eventually Margaret so Margaret has left the bingo hall she's headed somewhere and she's fallen down some stairs and she but eventually Margaret picked herself up she walked like a penguin in the arctic towards her death yeah what <laughs> yes. I don't think she's that old like what what no, is this no I agree <laughs> so that I totally agree it confuses the age yeah. because up until this point she's kept trying to reassure people slash herself that she's not actually that old mm. she's still fine in a way and then the other thing being that it doesn't make total sense like it's just such a big splashy way to finish when actually I think this could be a really lovely story of like that sort of mundane mm. thing of just being older mm. in the yeah. world 
we don't need like a dramatic closing of her life yeah. with mm. that we can just see her as because you've got that whole paragraph nonsense. above which is obviously talking about elephant and castle and obviously that's an area that's going through massive change at the moment lots of things yeah. are being lost to have all this new development and so mm. people aren't, aren't happy about that and so you know if we sort of she's obviously going through this change as well she's transitioning from being married to neil mm. to having to sort of be on her own so mm. i quite liked I quite like that sort of that comparison between her as a person and elephant and castle as an area mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's a much stronger ending if she can just if they if she can just sort of see her own sort of life through that sort of lens a little bit more um towards the end i think that would really work and it'd be a lot stronger to end on something like that or i don't know yeah no i agree i completely agree she could just even have fallen and the ending could just be her picking herself up and going home yeah. like yeah. and that to me would also just be fine mm. i just don't think it's appropriate that she dies in a way it just feels tonally well, I didn't, she just and goes I was wondering about penguins as well like what penguins do when yeah. they die it was, it was right. very distracting well that's yes, an interesting the penguin thing though. that'd be very very interesting it is i mean she does look after penguins a lot is that what it is is that what it is is it because a penguin promoter i don't really understand what that is does she promote penguins? Well, at first... When I, I quite like the comedy of that, though, that we don't know, really know what a penguin promoter is. It's just someone... I want a little bit more info about that. Because, you like... Know. If you give someone an unusual job, yeah, it is kind of like... You can't well, just whack that in there. I want to know. <laughs> it <laughs> is. tell me more about penguin promoting. Teasing us. Even if it's just like, I don't know... There are in this piece that don't Yeah. Get, so you're like, there well, are. I want to know more about that. And it's like, oh, no. You're Even if it's know. something as simple as like, I don't know, she has an interaction in the bingo hall and she's like, you know, when she works in the penguin promoting, this is a thing she deals with or whatever. Mm. I don't know. Even if it just harks back to it somewhere else. Like but some penguin just yes, I don't know. If she's really into penguins. I just, the thing for me was like, why is it there? Is it supposed mm. to be a symbol of like, what is it? I, literally the only thing I could think of was like, penguins mate for life. She's just lost her partner. I don't know. Mm. Is that what it is? Oh. Or is it just like is literally something? Yeah, well, apparently. I think, yeah, if we have some or is it penguin, just, uh... penguin moments throughout? <laughs> not too many, like maybe a couple. Not too many, but like, just if she's just like a quirky, weird woman. Between her life and penguins. Yeah, if she's just like a quirky, weird woman who just really loves penguins, that's okay. Mm. I'd like to know a bit more about that. Yeah. I'd probably get rid of the whole eviction thing as well, actually, which would save a little bit of space. Yeah, but I know, I, I think I know what the author was doing there as well. She, well. It's creating that sort of jeopardy, isn't it? Which then yeah. sort of explains why she goes to the bingo hall. But yeah. I think the tarot reader is probably enough. And also, it didn't. you'd need to just look at that again and because it doesn't make sense. Mm. That whole having to spend, pay £30,000 if you own property, that, that isn't a thing. Mm. They would just buy it, like if it was a compulsory purchase order, they would just buy it off you and give you the money. It wouldn't be a matter of you having to pay extra. Mm. So, but that yeah, was, it that could was just be much neater. It could just be, yeah. I don't know, her husband's gone and they've got debts or something. It doesn't yeah. even need to be like a huge. I'm not a record breaking no. escape for it. I was a bit like, what? Yeah. And again, it's one of those things that sort of throws you out of the piece. And I think if you just keep it a bit more. I guess a little bit more dull. Just something really every day. Well, just the to just balance out the the yeah, well, and to balance out it. the fact that the tarot, you know, the tarot reader is really interesting. That scene and the yeah. bingo hall is all really interesting. And I think don't you need the sort of highs and lows of the yeah. piece to carry it through. And it a lot has just been thrown in there, in, yeah, which is sort of just a bit jarring. And it's I think too distracting. You know, you can, yeah, exactly. I agree. And I think it would it's... help the other the other sections. I think it's it's a problem of contrast because 
if you read this story as a like um this is just an older woman going through life as an older person in an environment that's changing that's enough and if she's quite quirky and unusual let her quirkiness be the thing that sort of stands out whereas she keeps having a lot of these small that yeah as you said like the escape room and there's all these details thrown Mm. in that are quirky Mm. and therefore just either make her seem crazy or Mm. like do you know what i mean whereas i'm not sure that's what it's really about she just sort of seems like a unusual person which Mm. is fine um and then her interactions even like for me so for instance i think there are a few issues with the dialogue but in particular it's just throwing in those weird things into the dialogue with other people just let her be the unusual one i think and Mm. let her interactions be you know more mundane i suppose Mm. so for instance the tower reader says to her I'm a test tube baby when she asks him where he's from Mm. that is not an answer I would think any human would ever give to that question I like that though I don't know if I do I liked it it reminded me of like Kurt Vonnegut and sort of that sort of insane (laughs) writing where I just think you need to choose (laughs) I just think you need to choose where you're going to put your quirk right like and I would have put it into Margaret but you Mm. know only to create more contrast between her and the situation she's in because that can give you tension without it being like yeah the eviction or something else or her death at the end you know Mm. we don't need those huge the bombs something something i would like to praise about the piece though that i think is something that is often lacking in these short stories is that there's a clear like need from margaret which yeah that's totally true yeah there's a clear need we understand exactly what she needs and what she has to get out of it um, not to poo-poo on the previous piece, but remember the uh, the other piece, uh, Sprites and Spirits, we didn't really know why he was trying to make friends with those two boys. We mm. didn't really know why he needed to do these things. But here, Margaret has a clear objective. That's very true, yeah. um, yes. It feels like the piece was written from, from the story circle. You know the story circle? Mm. Um, yeah. Dan Harmon has a really good one. and Or from um, Save the Cat. You know, there's, there's, there's the story arcs where you have like, the protagonist, you go find search. What is it? Yeah. You go find search. Uh, no, you go search find. <laughs> I'm doing it now. Uh, take, uh, change and return. That's uh, that's the, that, that's we have to fit into your story. Do you not know this? It's no. fascinating. I'm going to put it in the link in the thing. It's so so useful as a way to plot a story right. because it t- it tells you exactly the points that need to happen within the story and. As uh, I think John Ford said in Into the Woods, every single story oh, follows... John York. John York, sorry. Yeah, John York. Uh, every single story follows this format. Yeah. You cannot avoid it. It's like built into our DNA and our storytelling. Mm. And I like this story because it what, you could clearly see it was following that format. Mm. Right. It's time to move on to line edits. Let's get pedantic. Um, I would like to start. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of the a lot of the if we're going back to the quirkiness aspect, some of the lines in this piece, I think, are in, a, in an attempt to be poetic, we lose the meaning of the of the sentence. Um, there's an example on page two, where she's talking to the tarot reader, and she says, "His eyes met Margaret's, and like paint, she saw two purple lakes." Mm-hmm. And I quite like that line. If that was in a piece of poetry, I'd be like, ah, oh, what does that mean? But I think in a piece of prose, I'm like, what does that mean? And I, I don't want, I, maybe I don't want to be stumbling across things like that. It, it just feels, it's either really good or it's too confusing. I can't work out which one it is. 
Did you guys have that? Yeah, I actually had that underlined mm. and was like, just do you just mean his eyes were the color of lakes? Or, or I don't know, because I did yeah. get a little bit confused by the image mm. because it's like paint and also two purple lakes. Yeah. So I, I, it's, it's, I think lines like that, where you're trying to be a bit more poetic and you're trying to like finesse the thing, I think it just needs to be, you have to err on the side of meaning and understanding mm. Mm. more than poetry in prose. Now, I'm sure lots of people will argue against that, but I think if you're trying to tell a story with like a message, then you have to sort of focus on the meaning more. Um, I think there was another one, um, a very simple one, uh, also on page two at the top, uh, about the tarot reader. His chair was tucked into a table, a golden cloth covered its grain. Mm -hmm. Um, So because of the way the sentence is worded, it could either be the chair is covered in a cloth or the table is covered in a cloth. And because of the word grain, you don't know which one it is. And I was just like, oh, I just, I would love to work on this sentence to make it make a bit more sense. I think it's fine. And I think the reader will get that it's the table we're talking about, mm. but also it just needs to be worked a bit. So we don't have those moments of like, of jarring. Yeah. Okay. Any other? Yep. <laughs> um, just about dialogue. So, I mean, for me, yeah, I, I, I fixate a lot on dialogue okay. because it's something that I just fixate on. And I think the opening with the therapist... Just on page one. Yep. Mm. Really, really need to read that out loud is what I would say to our author this week because I think, first of all, I think some of the answers don't make sense. And also, I've never heard anyone just be like, by the by, how old do you think I am? To a therapist who literally has your date of birth (laughs) on their file in front of them. So, you know, there's things like that. that. (laughs) But, But, you know, you could easily get around that by just her being like, how old do you think I look? that's enough we don't even need to say you know like you need to tell me how old i am or whatever um also research shows you're only as old as you feel nope that's a common saying it's not research Mm. that's just just a common thing so just you're only as old as you feel so it's just things like that just sort of cutting back on Mm. some stuff which kind of goes a little bit beyond what i think anyone would actually say um i also don't think you need to write the word achoo when she sneezes as dialogue for instance that's just Mm. Or if he, did, just if he does say a chew, then that needs to be sort of like, we need as a reader, we need to know that, that that's what actually happened. Right. And why they decided to do that. Because I think that's quite interesting if the person goes a chew rather than sneezing. Oh, um, I see. But, but it but, seems that they sneezed. Okay. I think you're adding too much complexity. I know, but I, very again, small I, I think it could be, I think <laughs> these details could be interesting, but they just need to be... Yeah. Also, another pet peeve of mine is when instead of just giving us emphasis by using normal words in a sentence, you add extra letters. We don't need capitalization. Yeah. We don't need extra letters. We should get that someone is either yelling or mm. talking furiously or whatever it might be just through the word choice, just through the scenario and yeah. the description. We shouldn't need to have what, for instance, with 10 A's in it yeah. or that sort of thing. So I just, I just give us the dialogue straight. We know from the context if things are building up. We know yeah. from the word choice and the syntax whether or not it's meant this way or that way. We don't need to do a couple of letters mm. and additional letters. Again, I think that stuff is possible, but then you have to, the whole story has to sort of be like that. It has to be the sort of like the structure and form of the story. And it's in, in here, it's not, there's not enough of it for it to make sense. No, I Christina's. <laughs> I'm making a face at you. I'm I sorry. Think it is possible. <laughs> if the story was written like that, with the sense that that was the that was the form of the story that was what the author was going for but here you're right it just seems like 
emphasis is trying to be added rather than shown is mm-hmm. being told mm-hmm. rather than shown yeah 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 um there are a lot of unnecessary brand names in this case <laughs> which started to because also some of them don't make sense entirely and i think mm. especially with brand names you also need to be careful about readers from different countries so if you're gonna throw a brand name in because i don't know you think coca-cola are gonna give you some money for it then make sure it is something that's global but for example on the first page she says uh, margaret says i knew oil of Olo was an avon scam well, right. they're, they're, i mean those two companies aren't linked so mm. that doesn't even make any sense I mean, you've named two companies yeah, right. but avon do their own stuff Oil of oil is just on sale everywhere. Oh, this, so is, this is the most pedantic point. It is very pedantic, <laughs> no, but it's true. But it's it is, true. and that way, like, again, if a reader knows that, they're like, what? Yeah. So they're thinking, is this woman silly, stupid, but maybe not for the right reasons. Right. You know, if that is in there to show something about Margaret, the fact that she doesn't know that, then it is, again, it's not quite clear enough. Mm. And then again, when she gets into the bingo hall, there's uh, on page six, I'm looking at on this one. And she's talking about um, everyone's eating snacks, which they brought oh, in yeah. from outside, which again, I'm not sure you're allowed to in most bingo halls. But anyway, I'm going to say that that's fine at this bingo hall. But she says, each table was piled with knockoff snacks, chocolate crunches instead of M&Ms, taste the difference, tortilla chips to replace Doritos. So like, why do you, why does, why does it say knockoff snacks? Mm. Yeah, like what? Sentence. I don't know what a chocolate crunch is. Like, I mean, I can guess it's something that's similar to an M&M, But mm. does it? But do we need to know mm. in that detail? And again, it's about word count. You know, you're basically giving free advertising to these companies. But again, yeah. it's like, well, it's I a very, it's, it's to... interesting. It's a very American thing. If you read a lot of American short stories, American literature, mm. they love to throw brand names in because obviously all Americans know what that brand is. Right. And yeah. We, we British, we don't really do it. We might do it with like I don't think we can do it anymore, like the hobnob or something. Yeah, but, it's hard. I mean, if I think it's, it's fine if it actually legitimately is an important cultural point or mm. something. Yeah. I'm not sure that it is. I don't think it's. Known. I don't think it's important enough. And then the fact that she's put taste the difference, and I'm like, well, that is a, obviously a supermarket owned brand name, but just their own brand. Yeah. Why say? Oh, they've definitely been to. Which is it? Sainsbury's. Sainsbury's. Yeah. So it's like, if you're gonna just say supermarket chips to mm. replace, like, or I don't know, or like. Also, what's the point? Is it the, is the point that everyone's cheap, or yeah. like why? Also, why is she noticing this? Like, why is this something that strikes mm. her as really odd? Because yeah. it's really drawing attention to this she stuff that yeah. she's observing. And I'm like, but she's skint, so wouldn't she buy supermarket own brand snacks as well? Yeah. It, I don't know. But I suddenly got really hung up is, on it. Is that yeah? <laughs> <laughs> is it like a, is it like a moment of status? Like she's trying to put herself above everybody. Yeah, um, but then, but then in case like, we don't really get an indication of that anywhere else in the piece that she's sort yeah. of worried about status. Well, she's mm. worried about money. And so is that why? But then I was just like, what what, what am I being told by this? And then I, because this is the thing, if you put something this specific in, yeah. I think it means something. And that was the problem I had with yeah. the brand names. Was like, why, why is this here? That's a really good point, I think. Yeah. Everything, every line is going to be picked on and search for significance in a short story. So you have to be really careful mm. with them. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. Yeah, because she doesn't come off as like a, what's her name? Bouquet bucket. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you, do you know that? I do actually oh. know this, yes. I didn't think you'd know that one. Um, get, she gets about. She doesn't, she doesn't <laughs> come across Syndicated in many that. countries. It is, it is. Literally, my grandmother used to watch that show. Oh, anyway. That was my Sundays for <laughs> most of my youth. Uh, and the Foster, like, the, oh, sorry, page eight again, I just noticed, the Fosters, well, it should be Fosters tap. Um, just say yeah. lager. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. there's the eyes as well. 
yeah, yeah. There's, there's so many brand names I was like what, what are these lending to the piece because I'm thinking there's a, a hidden clue in these brand names because there are so many of them and I actually don't think they mean anything mm. yeah okay any other pedantic line edits not pedantic we're still using that word oh I was confused by one sentence although I think my page numbers are different to you guys but it, the sentence is about when she just gets to the uh, bingo hall okay. she's describing the man who's there the cashier and the sentence is protruding from his purple t-shirt was a snake tattoo I I for some reason visualise that as on his shirt or something True. like that it's slightly confused <laughs> me I imagine it coming out of his chest yes exactly I was like wait, the wait, protruding's wait, wait, wait. like sticking out as in from the no, neck no. of his yeah. shirt or something I don't know anyway so I that thought it got some kind of weird slightly confused me also I was wondering what you guys thought of the timing when she realises that um, it's almost time for the whole thing to start. So it's 9.55, she has five minutes until the first game, and then quite shortly after that, there were three minutes remaining. So again, I'm not sure how much time has elapsed because all she does in that two minutes apparently is stand up right. and <laughs> go to the yeah. bar. And I'm not sure it would take her physically two minutes to do that. So again, like because only because you've drawn my attention to the timing, mm. am I concerned about that? Yeah, I just take out the. I would just really, take out the second. I love that line though. Margaret looked at the time. Red pellets yes. against the black screen. I like that one too. Yeah. I really like. I think it's just that take was... out the three minutes thing. Yeah, um, yeah just take out. We know, the three we know she's got a five-minute time scale. I think that's enough. I also noticed actually just on page nine. The free Deirdre Rashid line yeah, what is does... very. Well, do you know what that means? No, I didn't know what that means. I had to look okay. it up. So, so this is Deirdre so from... of Coronation Street. Right. I think I was still at school when this happened. So this is a long time ago. Right. So not only are you appealing only to Coronation Street watchers with this line, but also people that used to watch it a long time but... ago. So it's a. It... I thought she was Barlow, isn't it? Well, she got mad. No, she went to uh, Morocco and met. Um, I want to say it's Amir. Oh my God. I don't it's know. Like I've never right watched. Right and they got married. So it's one of those, you know, all the lady goes and picks okay. up toy boy from abroad, um, marries him, and as she gets done for murder later, but she didn't, but she didn't commit and gets put away. So the people were printing. Oh my God! Weird. Exciting. <laughs> yeah. This, wow. I mean, we should see what they do now. Um, <laughs> but this is like twenty. I mean, the, the actress who played has been dead for a while. Wow. So okay. it's a very it's a long specific reference. Reference that very very narrow spectrum of people are going to go okay but also it really dates the piece because yeah. if someone's shouting that that's not now surely but then, but it made me wonder but, but, again about when yeah. is this set okay. because I assumed it was now it must uh, be now because it's got contact list yeah, but then that's true. Yeah, nobody, right. who's going to make that reference now yeah like mm. it, it just made me wonder and maybe there was a bingo hall out there in Elephant and Castle where someone stands up every week and says free did your Rashid and yeah, it's an ongoing joke and this could be absolutely <laughs> legitimate. But again, it's about your reader mm. yeah. and what your reader is going to think about it. And I think even if that is, you know, a really authentic line to this setting, if 98% of your readers aren't going to get the reference, you yeah. need to take it out. I had to Google it. I was I like, no I idea. No <laughs> I was just like, I'll wait for the I laughed. And then I was like, why is this here? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. Know. That's that's. I think that's author's choice, though. In 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 terms of if they want to put these things in for the for the you know for the knowledgeable reader, I think that's mm. okay. But it is, but it's very niche, but it, and I but think you must niche. expect that most of your readers won't understand what that is, and they'll yeah. wonder, and then they'll turn to Google. And do you want people to have to Google things no, in your story? You don't want so, people to leave the story. Yes, it's. Mm. I mean, but things. Everything's author's choice. Everything we're discussing is mm. author's choice. Yeah, of course. It's, 
you know, what do you want the reader to get out of your story? Do you want them to be distracted by these little things? Mm. Um, it's up to you. Right. I think we're going to come to an end. Yeah, I think so. Right? Unless anyone had any desperately things they wanted to say. No. No? I think we've said More it all. Penguins, I think we've said it all. More, More penguins, please. More penguins, please. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, if you would also like to give a critique of Margaret, you can do it as a word doc. Whack those, um, what do you call it, track changes and send it to authornotpresent at gmail.com and then we'll forward it on to the uh, author. Great. Thank you very much. I think that was good. I think that was really interesting. Perfect. Okay, it's time to end the podcast. <laughs> again, we're doing it again. We're ending it. Hooray. Yeah. I hope everyone enjoyed it. But to end it, we've got to do two things. What are we reading at the moment? And promotions. Louisa's promotions. Louisa's um, promotions. So, Christina, what are you reading at the moment? Um, it better be a different book from last time. It, it is. Okay, good. Thanks very much. My gosh. <laughs> reading shaming. The reading police. Oh, um, well, we had an event with Pitts at the ah, beginning of the week as part of the London Writers Award. And as a result, I got a free copy of uh, The Doll's Alphabet by Camilla Gradova. We all got that free copy, I mean, right? You're sharing yes, it around. Yes, yeah. it'll be yours next. But okay. I mean, if I'm allowed to finish reading it, Peter, <laughs> okay. then I will do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so far, it's very interesting. Um, it's interesting because it's similar to other things I've read, like other sort of collections of short stories. But there's something very beautiful about the imagery. So I'm enjoying it so far. Awesome. Yeah, Louise. So I am reading *Pulse Values* by Ben Aronovich, which oh, is the new *Rivers of London* oh, book. Oh, right, yeah. Um, so, which is the story about Peter Grant, who is a policeman, but he's also a magician. Oh, so magic, magic policeman. Magic Ooh. policeman. Um, and yeah, so about halfway through that. So, if you are a fan of this series, then um, this book comes highly recommended okay uh, if wait. you haven't read the series start from book one which is rivers of london and work your way out this is book eight book eight oh, I don't okay have time. <laughs> I don't have time you do everyone that. has time that's true i do have time it's only eight books. What, what are these books about i'm quite so, i've always seen them on the shelf yeah so on the um most of them are set in london mm. and um it's about magic in london but okay. there's also so it's sort of magic but also real police investigating but usually magical magically and is it set involved. now or is it set yeah, I think it's uh, technically, I think it's a few years ago now because obviously mm. it takes the author longer to write and events haven't always moved on as quickly in the books. So I was actually reading this one trying to work out when it was set. I think it's a couple of years ago, maybe. Um, but yeah, so this, this century anyway. And you're enjoying it? Yes. Okay. I am currently reading uh, Margaret Atwood's The Testaments. And, okay. Mm. Uh, have you, you read it? I've you read, read it, yeah. yeah. Have you already yet? No, I loved The Hermit's Tale. I'm not sure if I want to read the test. Yeah, I f it's a very odd book. It definitely shouldn't have been joint winner of the, the okay. book. Yeah. I, I really don't think. I think I always, I always say her name wrong and I apologise. It's Bernadine Everisto. Yeah, mm -hmm. I did get it right. I should have trusted myself more. <laughs> Girl, What a Mother is, is so much better than, mm -hmm. than this book. It does so much. It's more interesting. It, you know, it breaks ground. It, you know, we're giving... It's just a brilliant book. I urge you to read it. Whereas this one... It's just a fun sort of dystopian yeah. book. But, I would yeah. agree. I thought it was... I really enjoyed reading yeah. it. I'm enjoying reading but, it, but I'm like, this isn't groundbreaking. No, and I, I think... I don't know if it's worth... It's not a masterpiece, I would say. It's really well written, especially sort of the Is younger it? character. I think there's a lot of... Mm. It kind of felt like I was reading YA, but I realised it was the 
teenage protagonist yeah. bits. So I was like, you know, it's it felt really matched to me mm. in that respect. Um, I can't remember because obviously I had Lydia having watched like the TV series to then mm. have to feel all this sympathy for her. I found a bit jarring just from what so I'd seen on. Okay, so yeah. Lydia's one of the characters. That's not a spoiler though because that's. I think that's been but highly what, talked about. What I thought was so interesting when I was reading it, because I've seen the whole TV series, mm. was I felt like Margaret would watch the TV series. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I'll write a book about that. <laughs> See, was it? Was it? Yeah, I felt well, a little bit. I don't know. I feel like that was part of not that, but like part of it was the intention of like saying this is still my story, right? Because I don't know. well, I think it was because I went and heard her speak a few years ago when mm. she had released um, Hagseed, and this was like the next kind of project, and she nice. was a bit like, well. She sort of hinted at the fact that, like... She wanted to reclaim it. Yeah, it's. I mean, and that's fair enough. It's her story, yeah. but, um, yeah, is there yeah. a need to do that? It just doesn't have the same... It just doesn't have the same power as The Handmaid's Tale, I think. Yeah. That, that was, it's such a powerful, important book, and this feels... Has she won like the book before? To me. She has won yeah. the book before. Okay, for, so um, then I'm equally unsure as to why. What she won it for? Oh, what was it? I can't was remember. Was it The Blind anyway, Assassin? Maybe it was... Oh, it was The Blind Assassin. Well done. 10 points Thank to you. Louise. Um, yeah, Louise is on like... 10 points now, Christina. <laughs> We've got no points. You're just randomly out of 10 points now? I know, but we're 10 points down now. Oh my God, Peter. Yeah. yeah. We need to get our points uh, back. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing with the is I really enjoyed reading it. I read it really quickly. I read it over a couple of days. Mm. Um, it's just quite a chunky book. So, um, so fun. But, but a week later, I was like, I felt like, you know when you eat like McDonald's yeah. and at the time you really enjoy it and then like you're really you're just starving like a couple of hours later because <laughs> it's like even though there are a billion calories in it somehow they just all disappear because mm. um, your body can't, can't use them <laughs> um, so I felt a bit like that with it whereas you know the Handmaid's Tale you feel like you've got like, a lot yeah. of things to think about and a lot of things to discuss with it the Testaments kind of puts a bow in everything and goes mm. that's done yeah. so you don't need to think about this anymore mm. you can just forget about everything yeah, that whereas, happens you know, the ambiguity was half the yeah. joy of that yeah. book at the end is that you could kind of take what you wanted mm. from that very true anyway. yeah. yeah but I'm enjoying it but I shouldn't have won and I think no. uh, Girl Woman Other should have just won on its own yeah. Yeah. it was obviously the best one um, fight us on Twitter if you disagree. <laughs> <laughs> fight Peter on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? I've got things to do. <laughs> right. Uh, promos. So, Louise, Louise. your book is out. <laughs> <laughs> We're <Come out>. <laughs> So, please is... buy it. Yeah. It's lovely city. And obviously, you can buy it from any bookshop. You can buy it from that dirty website dirty that we website. don't talk about. Um, what's then? I've got a special edition though. If you want a signed copy, I signed two thousand something really? this week. Um, so yeah, and they also have a because it's a special edition. There's a deleted scene. Yes, so again, if you want to see yeah. actual physical evidence of edits that I have been forced to do, um, and then I just sneak back in. Thank you, Waterstones. <laughs> um, you can buy the Waterstones edition. Oh, so the water for the so for the Waterstones edition, they specifically requested. They wanted like special content, something special. So yeah, so I had to sign them all, but then they wanted something special. So but these have been printed separately to the ones that go to the bookshops or the the dirty website. Uh, (laughs) I just thought pulling up, you know, definitely buy on there if that's your uh, place you can buy on. Um, So yeah, so I had during the editing process been asked to cut down word counts mm. to get the pages down because obviously you know costs and everything mm-hmm. um and it was suggested that i got rid of a character because um he wasn't bringing an awful lot to the story a little bit uh laurie's uncle oh. 
So you would have you would have read a version, but you were still in it. Um, so it's, it was it got rid of about four thousand words if I cut this this scene out and then cut out some of the bits where this character was in it or just changed them slightly. So I decided it was just easier to do that because I had to go with the seven thousand words, so that's over half. Um, but yeah, so then when they said, oh, we want some exclusive content, I was like, have this back. <laughs> have my scene back. Oh, so it's lovely. now at the back of the book. So you can read the book in mm. its entirety, beginning, middle, end. And then at the end is this sort of scene that um, I cut. Wow. That's yeah. great. That's very, nice. very cool. So Waterstones, and you can buy it. So when does it actually come out? So it's it, published what, it, on, I believe it'll actually be available when's... on the 9th of March, but technically oh. it's published on the 12th. So it'll be available right. in the shops from the Monday. We'll have been to your book launch and everything. It's yeah. going to be very exciting. Yes. Um, I wonder what we're going to be feeling. How are you? How do you think you're going to be feeling when this finally comes out? When is this coming out? I don't know. <laughs> I'm Sometime in March. Um, hopefully relieved. Hopefully relieved. Hopefully happy. Are you starting to get nervous about it, or is it just more of a? Well, you. I'm just really a... busy. It's just been really busy this week. Yeah. Um, it's such a good book that I don't think you, it's not like you can hopefully there's no guarantees though mm. um, I've got lots of TV things Ooh. so again I don't know if this is going out so I don't know what to promote <laughs> um, so let's say let's say this is going out at the end of March right. so if you are in the Salford area I am doing the Words Weekend Festival on the 29th of March in the afternoon oh, that's right. at the it's Lowry out then. so that will definitely be happening after this goes out if you're in London I'm doing an event on the 31st of March at West End Lane Books um, with two other debut authors Abby Greaves and Hazel Barkworth and what else have I got I've got something on the 1st of April I want to say it's Seven Oaks Books in Kent oh, and lunchtime cool. event which should be really cool um, and I'll promote some of the other events next time. Great. Awesome. Well, for, congratulations. Yes. Much deserved. So exciting. Very, very exciting. Um, great. Okay, I think that's the end of the podcast. Uh, as always, Christina, got anything to promote? No, please. <laughs> Don't insult me now. No, Peter. I'm going to ask every single, every single time. You're so rude. <laughs> <laughs> right, thank you very much for joining me and I'll see you next time. When it won't be you, Louise, it would just no, be me, Christina, and Jared McGuinness, and we're going to workshop a piece called The Woman in the Street. Right. See you next time.